Yes, sir. Here we are. It is a Wednesday edition right here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network, as we draw closer to the Oklahoma-Kansas matchup. Coming up on uh, Saturday, the Sooners taking their 7-0, number 6 national ranking to uh, Lawrence, Kansas, 11 a.m. on Fox. Pre-game show right here on the Ref begins at 7 a.m. on Saturday. Parker Thune, how are we doing on this Wednesday? It's a miserable weather day in Oklahoma, Steely. Yes, I'll tell is. you that much. Mm-hmm. But unlike yesterday, I do have two functional calves walking into the office. That's good. So, no slipping and sliding today? No slipping and sliding today. Of course, I didn't take nearly as adventurous of a route today. How's the white buffalo holding up, by the way? It's holding up. No problems with it. How many miles on the buffalo now? I have put, as of today, as of this morning... I have put 50,000 miles on it since I purchased it last September. And in how many total, total? That comes out to about 152. Holy cow. The Buffalo's still running good, though. It is still running good. Oil changes, all that stuff. I take good care of it. There you go. I try to, there you at go. least. All right. Uh, the Sooners took care of business last week against uh, UCF in a game that was, uh, well, it was pretty dramatic until the end. Oklahoma having to get, uh, you know, Kendall Dolby to make the play on the two-point play. By UCF, and they survived. They won it 31-29. Bob Stoops yesterday on the rush, his weekly appearance. Very impressed that the Sooners were able to clutch up and win that game. Absolutely. Come on. I mean, uh, I've been in a million of those. When you're good enough to win and not be at your best and find a way at the end of the game to win, that's a big deal. You know, how many tight games were we in a year ago and we didn't win? Last year, we were on the other side of that. that. That's a hell of a win. Wasn't at our best. I thought defense, especially the first half, was. I mean, the four straight possessions, they give the ball to the 50-yard line and into the offense. That's huge, especially against a damn good offense. You know, and then we did what we had to do in the fourth quarter to win. We scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter there, did good drives, and, and win the football game. That's That shows a lot of strength. There you go. I love that we have Bob Stoops to say these things. Because nobody can cross him on what he says. Yeah, I disagree with uh, Bob on that. I mean, yeah, you, I know, mean like, you if, could be an absolute moron and disagree with Bob, right? But Of course. We don't have many morons in the Rep Army. No, we don't. We've got a lot of really smart people in the Rep Army. But... You know, if if you or I come on the airwaves and say, well, you know what? Obviously, it wasn't that impressive, but there's something to be said for being able to win a game when you're not playing at your best. Then, inevitably, we'll have a few folks going, y'all are just a bunch of sunshine bumpers. Well, but Bob Soup says yeah. it. They're like, oh, yeah, that's I, right. Bob, preach it. I said I'm a 60-year-old dude playing Fortnite who used the word mid three or four months ago. And they're like, yeah, pff, please. Okay, whatever. Bring somebody on with some credibility, right? Uh, 405-651-3439, by the way, on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line today. Appreciate you guys being here. Let's hear from another Stoops. This was Drake Stoops at practice yesterday talking about this uh, matchup coming up Saturday in Lawrence with Kansas. Kansas is a really solid football team um, going all the way into Lawrence. It's going to be a, a tough atmosphere. It's homecoming, I heard. You know, like, it'll be a great atmosphere to go to. And, yeah, I mean, they're good, good, sound football team, really good in the, in the run game and also the explosive pass game. And then their defense is really solid. A lot of good tacklers everywhere, good cover guys, good corners on the edges, great field backer. I haven't dug much into the D-line, but, you know, I'm all about the, the secondary. But they're a real well-rounded football team that can attack you many ways on offense and defense. So, yeah, they're definitely a very formidable opponent in the Big 12 for not just us but for anybody. There you go. Drake Gosh. Stoops. 
I just realized going up to Lawrence this weekend, we're going to be treated to yet another Kansas post-game press conference experience. Because at Are the they University brutal? of Kansas, Did they put you over by the air conditioner? Is that the one I, where you've got like that gigantic air conditioning unit? I, it is a glorified broom closet. Last time we were in that glorified broom closet was with Mule Shoe back in 2019, which, to be fair, a glorified broom closet is kind of where that guy belongs, right? But That's basically his office at USC when he's there. <laughs> That's true. He's, he's probably right at home. I mean, if he views that as preferable to the palatial accommodations at the Switzer Center, mm-hmm. then, yeah. I mean, hey, he probably he probably had quite a time. But obviously it was – everything was via Zoom in 2021, so we didn't have to do post-game interviews in person after that matchup. But this year, this year we're going back to the broom closet. <sighs> That'll be fun. That'll be fun post-game audio. I will sit there in the production room and just go, good luck. Please. I don't know if there is a malt box. <sighs> Even with the malt boxes, you know, like USC, when they have their post-game press conference, you got Muleshoe there at the microphone, but he's about this far away from the microphone. Well, guys, we're close, you know. But And then you got <laughs> Caleb Williams standing over nowhere near a microphone, looking like he wants to get to the NFL right now. That audio is terrible. I am shocked at it, how many major universities put out lackluster uh, pre- and post-game stuff. OU's really good. Everybody else, eh, pretty questionable. I know nobody cares about that. By the way, Drake Stoops, they're going to miss that guy next year, man. He's the leading receiver on the team. Now, Andrew Anthony missed a game at Drake Stoops. Uh, I think it's 36 receptions for him in a year. I think he's second in touchdowns now to Nick Anderson. Everybody's going to be second in touchdowns to uh, Mr. Touchdown himself, Nick Anderson. What is it now? 16 receptions, 8 TDs, I think, for Nick. That is correct. But Drake Stoops, man, I look at him when he's not around next year. like Kind of like the OU softball team without Grace Lyons. Wasn't the best player on the team, but a really good player and a great leader that you could always count on. Reliable. Who is Dylan Gabriel looking for in the clutch all the time? Well, Nick Anderson, but Drake, Drake, Stoops. Drake Stoops, every time you need a big third down catch, you know, he's there. So, uh, what a career he's had. All right. We have a text yeah? from OU Med. Okay. Breaking health and sports news. Mule Shoe has now been diagnosed with a new viral strain scientists are calling Convenient 19. <laughs> As there is no current medicine known to be effective against this new pathogen, an experimental treatment regimen has begun consisting of work avoidance, media avoidance, and frequent virtual web meetings with various NFL front offices. Man, we have breaking news about Muleshoe coming up next segment. So just wait. There's new news. Yes, Drake is a glue guy, Big Rich and OKC. You are correct, sir. How many points is it going to take for Oklahoma to win this football game Saturday? How many points is it going to take? So we're just talking sheer scoring out. Because I think KU is going to score around 28. I was about to say, I think if you get to 30, you feel good. Right about where you were with UCF. And you know what? 28 against Kansas on the road, that might be a really good defensive effort, a pretty good one, because they they can score some points now. And you've got a mobile quarterback, even if Daniels doesn't play, and he's probably not going to play. But Bean is a really good player. Gosh, any other team going into a matchup with Jason Bean, they're like, okay, whatever, Jason Bean's Kansas backup quarterback. OU fans are shaking in their boots a little bit. Yeah. Because they've seen what Jason Bean can do each of the last two years. 
Yeah, I mean, he is uh, – is there a better backup quarterback in college football right now than Jason Bean? I mean, I don't know. I'd have to check the rosters. I mean, we think Jackson Arnold's going to be un- unbelievable once he, uh, you know, gets into the system and becomes a starter. But, um, you know, I think that 30 would be a good number. You're probably going to have to score in the 30s. I think – are OU fans going to be upset if, if Kansas scores 28? Because they might. Right to answer your question, I don't know, I don't know if Jason Bean is the best backup quarterback in college football, but about the only backup quarterback in college football that can match Jason Bean in the experience department is Spencer Sanders. That's true. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. What do you guys think in terms of uh, amount of points it's going to take? The over and under, I think I saw was sixty six and a half. Sixty six and a half, and so, OU's favored by ten. Is so that right? they're looking at like thirty eight, twenty eight Oklahoma. Then yeah. thereabouts. You know what? I'll tell you this: just get out of there with a win. Just get out of there with a win. The next two weeks, just get out of there with a win, because I think the next these two weeks, they're going to be the uh, tail, telltale weeks, Edgar Allan Poe. These next two weeks. For OU, because I think they win these next two weeks, and they're going to be tested in both of them, then I think they're going to run the table on the regular season. And I'm not saying BYU is going to be a cakewalk going to Pro Bowl, but I still think they'll run the table on the regular season if they get these next two. How Se- about you? 712 Sooner says 28 will win the game. Now, that can be inter- interpreted two ways. 28 points will win the game, or Danny mm. Stutzman will win the game. <laughs> Either would be acceptable, true. I think. That's true. Yeah, the weather is going to be very interesting, man. It's going to be nasty. It's going to be nasty. You think that plays into Kansas' hands more so than OU? Because obviously Kansas has a stronger running game. It seemed like the KU play-by-play guy on with T-Row this morning thought it would affect Kansas a little bit more. Because it would maybe, affect Kansas a little bit Yeah, more. because they have more maybe gadget plays. It's not okay. like Oklahoma's not creative on offense. They are. But still, uh, maybe the weather will keep it more low-scoring. We'll see. That's kind of the game we got in 2021, right, where the Sooner offense was stifled for the better part of three quarters. You remember who had a huge play in that football game? Caleb Williams. Give, well, not, yeah, obviously Caleb Williams. <laughs> yeah. That's not who I'm thinking of. But, like, you remember the play that gave Oklahoma some life offensively and who provided it? I can't remember. Short-term memory Trayvon loss. Trayvon West what? on a 66-yard really? reverse. Wow. Totally forgot about that. Yeah, it was right at the end of the third quarter. Kansas had just scored to stretch the lead to 17-7. to And Muleshoe dialed up a reverse for Trey West. And he went 66 yards inside the Kansas 10-yard line. Caleb Williams flung a touchdown pass a couple of plays later. And it was 17-14 heading to the final quarter. And that was where Oklahoma kind of pulled away, obviously. There you go. Yeah, that Oklahoma team got off the bus and they thought, yeah, we got this. It was a mule shoe attitude uh, Oklahoma team. And uh, they should have gotten beat that day. But they uh, they were able to escape Lawrence with a victory. And I think just go get a win this weekend. Go get a win this weekend. Great text from Jeff and OKC. Tawi versus KU equals Samajay versus KU. Could be. Could be. Tawi Walker is going to be back. Brent confirmed that yesterday at his press conference. All right. Hour number one brought to you by Great Sooner, Great Company. Tim Lasher, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, family-owned and operated, servicing the greater Oklahoma City area now for over 16 years. Call them for all your heating and air needs, 405-579-3113. Home comfort you can trust from Lasher Home Comfort Systems. Coming up next, exclusive audio from Mule Shoe Situation. Breaking news up next. 
right here on the ref. All right, in the uh, previous segment, we played uh, sound bites from Bob and Drake Stoops. Those were our Ortho Central clips of the day, presented by Ortho Central Clinics in Norman and Midwest City for a long time now. Now the uh, new Tri City location serving Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard. These full service clinics treat orthopedic and sports medicine injuries. Good to have you with us, Mike Steely, Parker Thune, here on the uh, Wednesday edition of Steelman and Thune. On the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, breaking news. The very latest on the mule shoe situation, ladies and gentlemen. Exclusive audio has been delivered. A clip featuring mule shoe the other day talking to a female training room assistant about not coming back to coach at USC. I, uh, I don't like my job, and uh, I don't think I'm going to go anymore. You're just not going to go? Yeah. Won't you get fired? I don't know. But I really don't like it, and uh, I'm not going to go. <laughs> so you're going to quit? Nuh-uh. Not really. Uh, I'm just going to stop going. Breaking news here on the Ref Radio Network. I'm fairly certain this is what Gen Z has termed quiet quitting. <laughs> what is going on there, man? I mean, you've got to Did be he real- have a mental breakdown? Like, that's a legit not. question. Hey, in all seriousness, 100% serious here. And I'm, I'm even going to say Lincoln Riley. I hope everything's all right. Because, man, if you miss two days in this situation right now as the head football coach, that's going to be some serious illness happening. Well, and if it is, right? I think what what leads me to believe, okay, like this is actually legit, there's something to this, is the fact that they jumped through all those compliance hoops to get Cliff Kingsbury additional clearance to coach on field. Yeah. I mean, seriously, 100%, I hope that everything's all right there. I mean, you guys know me. I've been angry about this for a long time. Uh, Way out of proportion angry. Very bitter. Very petty. All of that. Raising my hand. Guilty. I didn't like the way the exit went down. At all. Thought it was really bad. But at the same time, man, let's hope that there's not something that's actually really serious happening here. Right? Colin KC says, Steely, you called it. Mule, she got stabbed in the leg by a swordfish. (laughs) Uh, that could be very painful. But I don't know, Parker. What do you think is going on? When I saw it one I have, day, I mean, it's just we're all like, okay, two days. Wow. I don't know. It, And I hate to make this comparison, especially if he is actually ill or dealing with something. But at a certain point, you become the boy who cried wolf, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's people are saying, well, clearly, you know, he just doesn't want to face up to anybody right now. I mean, I don't know, but <sighs> Hugh Freeze coached from a freaking hospital bed in the press box, right? Gosh, I forgot Didn't about that. Didn't they like wheel him up there? Yeah. <sighs> it's really weird. Think he's going to miss today? I mean, I like we'll you said, out. man, if they're trying to get Kingsbury cleared, that's that's not a good situation. 
somebody tweeted out yesterday, and I have no idea. You know, if it's doctor's orders, that's usually something mental. Is that true? I don't know. I, gosh, I don't know. Can we play the clip again now of him? Again, just deciding uh, that's it. I, uh, I don't like my job, and uh, I don't think I'm going to go anymore. You're just not going to go? Yeah. Won't you get fired? I don't know. But I really don't like it, and uh, I'm not going to go. <laughs> so you're going to quit? Nuh-uh. Not really. Uh, I'm just going to stop going. There you go. On the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line from the 405, you guys forget that Riley disappeared on us for a day. No, no, no. Didn't forget at all. That was on an off week, though, right? And he did call it a personal day. He did call it a personal day. Sooner so. Man says perhaps he's looking for a spine transplant. <laughs> oh, man. Did OU Twitter end Mule Shoe's desire to coach? Patrick says Lincoln is being placed in a conservatorship with OU Twitter, his guardian. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's just, uh, like I said, to miss a couple days. It's game week. This isn't an off week. They've got Cal coming up this weekend. Jay in Tulsa says, are we at the point where we can refer to Muleshoe as embattled USC coach Lincoln Riley? I think that's fair. Yeah. I don't know if there's a more unpopular figure in college football right now. No, and uh, you saw Dennis Simmons had to do the coaches show, saw Alex Grinch meeting the media yesterday. I mean, it's not, I'm sure it's not fun right there. He right freaky now. from Illinois said avocado poisoning. <laughs> well, and that's the deal. I mean, he looked fine in the postgame press conference. Clearly, he came with some of the same quotes, you know, we're close and everything. But you didn't see, man, he looks really bad. I mean, he looked like he was disappointed, but you didn't see, man, that guy doesn't look well. So, I don't know. Blue of Green Country says, Mule Shoe isn't legitimately sick. Same story, different chapter. That's kind of what I thought as well, but when it stretches into a second day, and then when they're taking some of the steps that you mentioned to make Cliff Kingsbury eligible to come be the interim guy, that looks very, uh, it looks fishy and a little bit scary. He probably has COVID, said somebody. KW918 says he needed to skip one day to bounce for another college job. He needs two days in order to take a pro job. I saw on YouTube that Riley is not coaching Saturday. All right, we need better sourcing than that. Yeah, that you, be, YouTube is not. Yeah, that, we need better sourcing not, like who on YouTube, not Joe Blow on YouTube said he's not coaching because there are plenty of idiots on YouTube. YouTube is About the new, 90% of them. YouTube is the new Wikipedia. You know, in high school you'd get, well, at least, this is long past your time, Steely, but in my day – when I was in high school and you'd get assigned to write a paper, you'd be told, you can't use Wikipedia as a source. YouTube is the new Wikipedia. Can't be using YouTube as hey, a source. Maybe it's a, maybe Too it's, many randos. Maybe it's Josh Paid or something like that, and then I'll say, all right, well, that's, there's some credibility okay, right there, well, but not just YouTube in general. Yeah. If you can say, according to Josh Pate, then that's one thing, but according to YouTube, that's uh, a little too vague. For one of the case. theories was out there was he was going to have to fire Alex Grinch and didn't show up because of that. I don't know. Who knows? You know, again, we don't have a good source on that at all either. Nothing, really. Alex Grinch met the media yesterday. So who knows? 
All right, 405-651-3439. Let's get, uh, let's get as many in as we can. From the 918, I think he is cracking up. Can't take any more pressure. Big Bad Wolf says, I thought it was fight on, not quit again. 915 Sooner. Mule Shoe packing up his tour bus, getting ready to leave. Wait, there's an actual photo of the Mule Shoe tour, tour bus. <laughs> the Mule Shoe Mules high school tour bus. This is some impressive resourcing, oh, 915 good. Sooner. That's good. We need to save that for the day that he does exit. It's pretty good. From the 918. I'm sure he's sick, but what's weird is he's being treated at the Chargers facility. <laughs> Yeah, right now he's talking to Justin Herbert. Yeah. Blue of Green Country says, the dreaded vote of confidence coming from USCAD very mm-hmm. soon for Mule Shoe. It was a USC channel, USC. Okay, that's a little more clear, but again, is it a credible USC channel or is it just some yahoo who talks about USC? Because you've got plenty of yahoos out there that talk about OU too, right? I mean, not all of them. I don't want to throw them all in one category, but... It depends on the credibility of that person. And I'm not dogging you at all, but you just, if it's a USC person talking about USC, I mean, it could be somebody really affiliated and close to the program, or it could be some guy sitting in his grandmom's basement talking about USC. Yeah, well, and how close is anybody to the program? With mule shoe in charge. (laughs) That's right. That's the real question. (laughs) Who is he allowing access to? In that capacity. Joe from the 405 says, I feel like if they're trying to get Kingsbury clearance, solid chance Mule Shoe won't coach Saturday. Could be. And I agree, well I agree with be. that. Like, this feels to me like they are trying to at least add some insurance just in case he can't coach. <laughs> Sooner Co. Wetzel. Lincoln Riley is being treated for a severe case of karma poisoning and is being held at the Chicago Bears facility. <laughs> He probably is COVID, says Frisco Sooner. Yeah, that, that could be it. Sean be says it. he started feeling bad at 4 a.m. Sunday morning, and by 6 he was bedridden. It was that quick. You remember in elementary school when you used to take those steps to fake sick? You know, you'd get like, mm-hmm. you know, you would get like a, uh, you know, a hand towel or something, make it really hot, put it on your forehead, then dry off your forehead, and then, Mom, I think I have a fever. You know, they they knew. They always knew. A 405 listener says, Mule Shoe has Urban Myers disease. When the season gets rough, he gets, quote-unquote, health issues. Hmm. Interesting. All right, 405-651-3439, 405-651-3439, Kadippo Myers Chevrolet text line. Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you. Coming back, we'll get to more of your texts on the Kadippo Myers Chevrolet text line. A lot more on Oklahoma, Kansas. What do you guys think it's going to take point-wise for the Sooners to win this game in Lawrence on Saturday? We will keep trying to find out if there's any new information on what's going on at USC. It is kind of a weird little bit scary deal 10 percent maybe actually i hope the guy's all right i really do all right stay with us coming right back here on the ref all right it's another big weekend at riverwind casino we've got the uh, 80k friday night frights promotional drawing get out there win your share of eighty thousand dollars in cash and bonus play we've got activities happening on a saturday night as well at riverwind casino we have the 20K Festival of Fright promotional uh, drawing happening Saturday night. Get out there and win your share of $20,000 in cash and bonus play and wear a costume out 
for the Ghostly Good Time promotional giveaway. Wear a costume and uh, possibly win $500 in bonus play. We also have uh, two shows at the Showplace Theater, one at 7, one at 10, featuring Rodney Carrington. Tickets available. Get them online at riverwind.com or at the casino box office. Another big, fun, entertaining weekend at Riverwind Casino. The best place to have a good time. All right. Uh, I thought you asked a pretty good question yesterday. Really? Yes, it's got the steely yeah, stamp of approval. Yeah, huh? I did. Yeah, absolutely. It was really good because you were talking about where the Sooners are uh, as to how they approach recruiting right now as compared to how they initially approached recruiting, the success finally coming for Oklahoma. Here's the question from Parker and the answer from Brent yesterday. Recruiting perspective, uh, obviously reflect on last year, especially as a first-year staff, you had to recruit around a vision because, as you mentioned, the results weren't there yet. But now here in year two, you are 7-0, mm-hmm. and the results are tangible. So how much of a balance do you strike between touting results, what the program is now, versus still pitching to a vision of what the program can be? Um, yeah, it's all important. Uh, obviously, again, now you you know, you, you laid out the vision, you know, knowing what the opponent was uh, constantly feeding. I, uh, you know, I told the coaches, I said, look, there's, here's what they're being told, so we're all on the same page. Um, we had a little bit of credibility on a, a past defensive success and building something and uh, multiple times having, uh, you know, consistent results. But, uh, but you had to, you know, you had to sell the belief, obviously, and uh, we, we weren't just bad. We were uh, one of the worst in, in a lot of categories. And uh, so you know, I'm appreciative of people that had faith anyway. You know, that means a lot to me because that means they, they got something to them, in my opinion. And uh, but uh, but again, you know, you're constantly selling vision. I think that's part of uh, being a leader, uh, being a good recruiter, uh, painting vision for everybody into what hopefully their future will look like and our future certainly. And uh, But I don't think any one of it is more important than the other. Um, with a little bit of success, we anticipated, uh, you know, if we do th- these things uh, in-house, talking about if we do these things, these are some of the issues or problems, uh, good problems to have that we might have uh, once you have, you know, this number of commitments. But don't flinch. These are guys that had maybe one toe in the water uh, earlier on, you know, I would just say keep your guard up, you know. But the the other side of you is like, hey, man, they're also, let's be practical. You know, there are people around them, and uh, there's a negativity that maybe people are recruiting to. Uh, like I say, justifiably so. So what? And the, what should they say, you know? And our job is to, is to change, you know, uh, both the expectations and certainly, you know, the quality of our work. So, uh, but... It's lend credibility um, because this is kind of how we painted the vision. So would you say, based on that question, I, too, have the potential to evolve into an Oklahoma media legend? Uh, yeah, and, uh, yeah, probably. You know, just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, got to put about 20 more years in, though. You know, maybe 10 years. It was a good question, and the response was interesting because last year they had the number four high school class in the country after a 6-7 and seven season. It looks like they've got a good shot to get a top five class again. Is there anything you've seen that's changed, though, in this next year where there's 7-0 when you talk to some of these prospects and coaches? Anything different you see different 
more response, better response, Well, kind uh, of the same? What? Obviously, it makes an impact. And you heard Brent kind of talk about the two different standpoints you can look at that impact from. You're going to have more kids hitting you up. You're going to have more kids interested in what you're building when they see you winning football games. And as Brent said, you can't really – you have to be wary of the fact that some of these kids, as he put it, had one foot in the water beforehand, and now they see, oh, you're winning. Now I'm more interested. Now Oklahoma kind of piques my curiosity more than it did before. But also the other side of that coin is – well, of course it's going to pique their curiosity more than it did before because if it's a business decision for them, they want to go somewhere they can win, you putting wins in front of them is going to carry more weight than you just promising wins in the future. So uh, we talked about the impact that it made with Grant Bricks, that it made with Eddie Pierre-Louis. Kobe Black and Oklahoma are more of a thing in the last couple of weeks than they had been previously, particularly since that Texas win. And that seemed to be a major turning point on the recruiting trail for this team because it signified that the future is now. The future has arrived for Oklahoma football. It isn't just kind of like I mentioned in the question, right? You're not exclusively recruiting to a vision right now. You can point to what you've done, and you can point most specifically to that Texas game, a win against a top three opponent nationally, and say – this program is on the cusp of contending for titles. Yeah, yeah. You've got, uh, as he was talking about, as Brent was saying, you're, you're selling belief, you're selling a vision. Now you're selling that with some results to go with it, which clearly helps. All right, 405-651-3439. All right, the uh, the next commitment for OU in the 2024 class will be who? Reggie Powers? I would say Reggie Powers. And then EPL? I, based on some conversations I've had in the last 24 hours, I would actually say it is a coin flip between Bricks and EPL as to what's who going drops on with EPL. For, at, some people coming in talking a little well, NIL last second or what? Uh, it's, NIL is a big part of it, as as you can understand with him being a national top 30 prospect. Uh, he. I, he has a mom that I think in her ideal world would like to keep him a little bit closer. So that's kind of playing into some – I'll put it to you this way. There are some hurdles that OU still has to jump to truly lock this thing down. I still think the Sooners are the lopsided favorite right now for EPL's commitment. But in terms of getting that decision done – officially locking down the commitment, especially because he wasn't able to make it to campus this past weekend, that kind of seems to be on hold for a little while. All right, next commitment in the 2025 class coming from Carl Albert, early November? I would say so, yes. Did they just offer somebody new in 2025? Did they? Was I mean, it the tight ends? Oh, yeah, Lincoln yeah, yeah. Cure. Yeah, Lincoln Cure, man. That's what he needs right now. You need to fly Lincoln Cure really out to L.A. Because apparently there's a very bad illness there. It's called Charmanitis. Soft as Charmin, you know. I was tracking with you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 
No reaction whatsoever. None. Just. Let's try it again. It's called Charmonitis. <laughs> there you go. That's what I'm looking for. I need a laugh oh, track. There it is. I need a laugh track every now and then. It was actually pretty bad. Okay. 405-651-3439. Nothing but your text coming up in the next segment right here on Steel Man and Thune. It is a Wednesday afternoon right here on the home of Sooner fans. And ladies and gentlemen, next hour, more brilliance brought to you by Oklahoma Generator. And again, thanks to Lasher Home Comfort Systems for sponsoring our first hour right here on The Rep. We're coming right back. All right, the uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line is on fire, as always, 405-651-3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. So let's get there right now, close out this hour on this uh, rainy, kind of overcast-looking Wednesday. Before we get to the tax line, Steely, okay. the Michigan sign-stealing saga mm-hmm. has taken a bizarre turn. Really? All I right. was informed of this by our own Mark Desher, OU photo guy, and then it came across my Twitter feed as well. Apparently, Connor Stallions, who is, of course, the Michigan staffer at the heart of the conspiracy, as it were, and I'm quoting directly from the story here, was part of a small group of people, two of whom were at low-level positions on different college football coaching staffs, who were putting their heads together on a long-term plan to run the Michigan football program. Stallions claimed to have a Google document between 550 and 600 pages long that he managed daily containing a blueprint for the Wolverines' future. He referred to the document as a movement more than a plan, dubbing it the Michigan Manifesto. The Manifesto! I'm telling you, it's never good if you have a manifesto. Ever. (laughs) There has never been a normal person that has written a manifesto. I mean, uh, Karl Marx and uh, the Unabomber, right? Manifesto people. Karl Marx, Unabomber, Connor Stallions. Not the company you want to be keeping. Yeah, that's true. Uh, You know, that to me, I know some people are kind of taking the attitude. Oh, you know, that happens all the time. Yes, okay. Looking across the field to the other sideline or maybe looking from the press box, you see what OU holds up those banners, right? A lot of schools are doing that kind of stuff. But actually sending somebody to all these games with tickets to all the other stadiums, that's outside the scope of gamesmanship. That is BS, I, you know, to me, that's, again, if you're uh, Brent Venables and you're trying to get signs from Lance Leipold's staff this weekend and kind of clue into as to what the play may be, that's part of the game. It's just like baseball, right? The Astros went outside the lines of the way it's supposed to be. The structure of what's kind of what's cool and not and what's not cool. So, I don't know. People are saying, well, is there any chance Michigan will be banned from the playoff? No. No chance. Ohio Sooner points out the Unabomber was a Michigan alumnus. Something in the water there? I think that's right, Ohio Sooner. You're up on your Ted Kaczynski facts. You know, you can – the Unabomber sketch to me always looked like Weird Al Yankovic in a gray hoodie with sunglasses. That's a pretty, that's a pretty solid description. I always thought it might be Al Yankovic. Who knows? <laughs> Al Yankovic, the Unabomber? <laughs> yeah. And uh, Kaczynski had a nice place out there in the middle of Montana or wherever he was. I think it was about 400 square feet, no running water. 
That's where he did his plot. How did they find him out there? I think he started doing something, checking in and working at like a, li- a library in that small town he was in. And somehow how they traced him back to. And then there was some, you know, they somehow found, you know, where he might have composed his manifesto or whatever. Kind of like they tracked uh, um, BTK in, in Wichita, Kansas. They found where the computer was. And if I remember correctly, I think that's how it happened. By the way, shameless plug here, folks. This is why you join an online message board like OUinsider.com, mm-hmm. which is the premier message board community for Sooner fans. But message boards are a step ahead of everything, man. Because I don't know if you saw this on your social media feed yesterday, but there was a Tennessee fan on a message board in December of last year that was talking about how they had a mutual friend that was involved in this elaborate sign-stealing operation at the University of Michigan. And, of course, everybody dismissed it at the time because there are a lot of crazies on message boards and a lot of stuff that gets thrown against the wall. But this guy, like, if you go back and read the posts, it's very clear that he knew what was going on at Michigan long before the NCAA did because he gives exact descriptions of everything that has come to light about the way that operation was made. Interesting. Very interesting. A lot of people are saying the uh, unibrow, unib- the unibrow. <laughs> Anthony Davis <laughs> Anthony got Davis. turned in. Anthony Davis got turned in. The Unabomber's brother turned him in. Yeah, you know, you guys are right now that I think about it. And I watched that series on him. But wasn't it from like the language or a letter or something that they said, yeah, that's that's my brother. So you guys are right. Blacktop Billy says, Lincoln, Montana, I was there when they took him down. Blacktop Billy, you were there? No. Were you? There is a good series on Netflix. I forget the name of what it was, but um, on how they – there are a couple good series on You're telling me you were in Lincoln, Montana when they took him down, Blacktop Billy. This is sounding an awful lot like a Brian Williams work of fiction. (laughs) I'm going to need photos. I'm going to need documented proof. There you go. Patrick says, just wait, the Mule Shoe Manifesto is coming. Who would write the Mule Shoe Manifesto? Clark, Clark Stroud? Clark Stroud, of course. You think Mule Shoe would dictate the whole thing to him? Right? Clark, I got a manifesto, man. I don't know why I'm leaving. I can't take this media pressure. Yeah. Start typing. Maybe that's what Clark does in the offseason. Do you have to type a like, manifesto on an older typewriter, though, like a Smith Corona or something, and you have to send it in? You can't just do it as a Word document, No, can no, no, you? no. It has to be on an old typewriter. Or a manifesto is not a real manifesto if it's, you know, a Word document. You no think way. in the offseason, Clark Stroud is just a recorder like Ancient Kings had, where he just takes note of everything that Muleshoe does throughout the day? And then reads it to him back at night. He might be rubbing the Vicks Vapor Rub right now. 10.31 a.m. Walked into appointment for new hair plugs. <laughs> Pretty good. I like that. You might have a future in stand-up. Just refine that a little bit, delivery-wise. You're good to go. Okay, 405-651-3439. AJ and Edmund says, who's going to produce and narrate the Mule Shoe 30 for 30? Well, the narrator will be Colin Cowherd. (laughs) 
Different network, though, right? Kenny, I don't think they let him do it. Really? Why is that? Oh, because 30 yeah. for 30 is ESPN. Okay, I'm tracking. I'm tracking Stephen now. A. Smith. Okay. What other allies does Muleshoe have in the media besides Cowherd? I think Cowherd's starting to turn against him, too, somewhat. It'll it'll be that guy Graham Bensinger. He'll produce it. (laughs) He'll produce it. Cowherd will narrate it. Bill Plasky's gone. You know, because Plasky put out that column, USC's going to run the table 12-0. This is a great chance. And then he was like, then he wrote, basically, the Muleshoe sucks manifesto column. In the L.A. Times Sunday. So there you go. All right, 405-651-3439. 405-651-3439. Sooner Smitty says, Muleshoe has chat GPT write his manifesto. <laughs> Maybe he ought to try chat GPT as his defensive coordinator. Somebody said uh, Stroud would record it. Dennis Simmons would be forced to type it. That's pretty good. Dennis Simmons always gets called out of the bullpen, right? When uh, Muleshoe, you know, how many of Muleshoe's assistants do you game. think just hate their jobs? They're like, get me out of USC. You know Brian Odom hates his job. You know Brian Odom doesn't love being in Los Angeles. Well, yeah, they were in such a limbo, like, you guys can come with me, or, you know, I don't know what else you're going to do. We'll go out there and win championships and write a manifesto together. All right, 405-651-3439. Let's talk a little uh, OU Kansas. We'll have more from Jaron Canick, Brent Venables, talking about uh, what this start means for the OU culture. We'll do all of that coming up next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. A whole lot of talking and a whole lot of text line. The Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line again is going crazy today. We will hear from you out there in the Ref Army again this hour as well, 405 405- 651-3439. We also want to say thanks again to Oklahoma Generator for sponsoring our second hour right here. Check them out online at okgen.com. You can also call them at 405-321-6631. And it's Oklahoma weather, power outages, storms. You know what it's like. You know, especially in the spring, you're probably going to need yourself a generator. They're the... Uh, Highest rated and longest operating Generac dealer in Oklahoma, currently offering new customer discounts and a free 10-year warranty with new installations. Check them out online, Oklahoma Generator at okgen.com, or call 405-321-6631. Brent Venables asked yesterday what this turnaround season has done, Oklahoma 6 in the country, and again, they are 7-0 on the season heading into this Kansas matchup this weekend. What this turnaround season says about the culture that he's trying to build at Oklahoma? I think it validates, you know, the idea of controlling the controllables. Uh, Got everything starts with belief and faith in, in what you're doing, and to create the buy-in, you got to go through some stuff sometimes when you're building things. And so I think there's affirmation in a lot of the things that we talked about, and continually to preach week in and week out didn't change the message, didn't change the you know, what it takes to be successful, depending on people's experience, they, they you know, there's probably plenty that, that doubted. And I'm not mad at them. Don't, don't fault them, you know. Uh, you know, that's just normal human nature. And, um, you know, and I'm never focused on that. You know, my job is to focus on the guys that are sitting in front of me 
And my job is to convince and challenge and inspire and to motivate and to develop. You know, this is a developmental game. So uh, that's, you know, our charge. And ultimately, you know, you you got to have the results that you want to. And, and it's a little harder when you have young people and old people alike when you're not, you're, you're saying this is what we got to do. And if we do X, Y, Z, then you'll have success. And then you don't have success. Then you have a lot of people doing this right here, you know. And, again, I, like I said, that. You know, for me, I'm just like this. I don't. I, it doesn't affect me whatsoever. Uh, in the and again, in the middle of it, it's it's probably hard for a lot of people when you're not having the result you want. But I've never been result oriented. Uh, I've always believed inherently and deeply uh, and confidently that the results will take care of themselves. And uh, sometimes you you get the result that you desire. Sometimes you don't. Uh, sometimes you get the result that's pleasing to everybody. Sometimes you don't. Uh, but but this is how you do what you do. And uh, I think the best of the best and the most elite and successful people in, in any walk of life are ones that uh, have a consistent, you know, tough-mindedness to them and a persistence and determination uh, that overcomes a lot of the, the factors that create doubt in a lot of people. There you go, Brent Venables. Uh, you know, there's no real way to say, well, you know, Brent has his uh, 98% of his culture in place right now. But how far along do you think they are establishing this culture right now in year two? It feels pretty fully integrated to me, Steely. I, I, again, yes, it feels arbitrary and odd to put a percentage on it, but with everything you're seeing from Oklahoma football on and off the practice field, and you know, I was having a conversation the other day uh, with a peer in media who covers a different school, uh, somebody I've known for a while, and going back and forth about a player in the 2024 cycle that – Oklahoma is no longer recruiting, but that uh, my friend's school that he covers is now ramping up a pursuit of and mentioning the fact that this particular player was, and I'm sure many will immediately be able to pick out who I'm talking about, this particular player was on track to commit to OU before OU peeled off of recruiting him due to some character concerns. And one of the things I remarked on was it said a lot about that particular situation, that particular player that, oh, you would actually back off because they've tur- they've been able to take some guys, Steely, that maybe didn't feel like a great fit for the culture, and they've been able to, well, for lack of a better word, transform them. And I don't think there is a more conspicuous example of this than Jaden Gibson. That's the guy I was thinking of. And you, not to make him out like, oh, he was just a horrible. No, but trust know. me, like if but people understood the circumstances. Immature. Yes. If uh, people understood the circumstances at the time surrounding Jaden Gibson and Florida's mutual departure, mm-hmm. I guarantee you there would be a lot of Sooner fans that would have said, no, I don't want any part of that kid. Don't pursue him. But yet the Sooners did. You saw that immaturity crop up at times through year one. And it was a recurrent issue to the point where I legitimately wondered, is this kid going to be able to crack it at OU? Or is this just a square peg in a round hole? And to Gibson's credit, he has grown up a ton. And to the OU program's credit, they have been able to mold him into a guy that was a loose cannon a year ago. And in the span of the year that's elapsed, he has become an outstanding representative of the university an excellent contributor on the football field, and somebody who is just a genuine joy to be around. 
one of the best interviews, you know, that you guys get, Jaden Gibson. He's really good. So this is the kind of stuff you like to see happen because sometimes people think, yeah, these coaches talk about developing young men. They're there to win, and that's it. Well, maybe you have a few like that, but I think a lot of these coaches mean that, and I think Brent Venables is extremely sincere. You've seen all the soul mission stuff. Those guys are going out trying to make a difference, not just on the football field but in the community and you know, globally uh, because they've taken a lot of those trips. And Nick Anderson is a prime example of somebody – who has uh, grown up so much, it looks like, already in this Brent Venables culture, right? He certainly does. When you were saying that, I was thinking the same name, Jaden Gibson. All right, Jaron Kanick headed back to his home states to play the Jayhawks this weekend, and Jaron Kanick said he expects a very tough test from the KU offense this week. I mean, most definitely. We're, uh, we're very excited for the challenge. You know, they do a lot of offense and, you know, show a lot of looks and, do a lot of movements and things, and you know, like I said, we're, we're looking forward to the challenge of that, and you know, the, the strain of practice to adjust to those type of things, and, and getting good calls, and you know, adjust, adjust to the tempo and the formations of that, and you know, excited for that challenge. Are you familiar with the term "eye crimes"? Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, where'd that come from? What's that? Uh, I've definitely heard Coach Venables say it before, and you know, you definitely don't want to commit an eye crime, and you know, I've, I've committed plenty in my day, so going to definitely work on not committing any eye crimes this week and, you know, having, having our discipline to, to know where we're supposed to be and how to adjust to what they, they throw at us. There you go. We had a felony eye crime last week by Woody Washington, which was very surprising because uh, he's been around for a while. But it happens, even to the best of them. But what kind of year do you think Jaron Canix had overall? What would you say? I would grade his season thus far as a solid B, B+. Plus. Mm-hmm. He's been above average. Uh, he's made his mistakes as most on that defense had. It has been far from flawless. But Does he feel like think, Danny Stutzman from a year ago, maybe? It, and you do kind of get that sense where you're starting to see the flashes. Uh, you saw him in spurts when Kanick was a true freshman, much the same way you saw him in spurts when Stutzman was a true freshman. You're starting to see those flashes grow more and more regular, more prolific throughout his sophomore campaign. I think you have the expectation that come Canuck's junior year, that's where it's really all going to come together the way it did for Stutzman. So, yeah, I think there are plenty of parallels to be had there between those two. Uh, but he's been everything Oklahoma has needed him to be at that linebacker position. Yeah. He, uh, you know, sometimes in coverage may get a little bit lost, but I think overall he's played very well. Now, obviously, the uh, the unsportsmanlike conduct call was not good last week. And uh, it was certainly a curious call when you look at what happened with the UCF receiver on that 86-yard touchdown pass. But again, you've got to be, uh, you got to be careful in that situation. But overall, nobody doubts his athletic ability. He's a phenomenal talent. He can run like the wind. He'll hit you, uh, and he seems to be more comfortable in this defense. So he still has superstar written on him. A lot of people like Kip Lewis quite a bit, though. Yeah. Kip Lewis is also a player. Man, as soon as you're going to have options next year as to – well, I am operating for the moment under the, under the assumption that Stutzman does not return because I think if you operate with that assumption, uh, you're, setting your up, you're, you're setting yourself up for a pleasant surprise if he returns. And if he's back for his senior year, objectively, he's going to be the best defensive player on Oklahoma's roster at full health. But – if Stutzman does move on, you're going to have options as to how you go about replacing him. Do you just roll with Kip Lewis? Kobe McKenzie's a guy that's going to be in the mix. I expect Lewis Carter to be in that conversation as well. Phil Pachotti, 
as long as he isn't hampered in the long term by that injury, certainly a guy that's going to factor in. The transformation of that linebacker room in the span of just a single year has been remarkable, and obviously some of that is due to personnel overhaul, but I think Jaron Kanick is a great example of a guy that has just made great strides as far as his individual game between last year and this year. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, as we age, cataract surgery often, unfortunately, is a step you're going to have to take. It's not just about restoring your eyesight. It's really about upgrading the quality of your life. If you've had to use the old man glasses or whatever, your eyesight's just not doing you right. Very frustrating. So when it's time for cataract surgery, you have one really big crucial decision that can affect your vision for the rest of your life. That choice between a standard lens, which often still requires you to rely on glasses for reading or getting a premium lens. Consider Panoptics, Vividi, or a light-adjustable lens, the leading choices that can provide crystal-clear vision and freedom from glasses. So if you want to see far and you want to see near, you know where to go. You have to come here to the Advanced Laser and Cataract Center. Break time right here. Coming back, your texts are next, 405-651-3439 on the Meyer Chevrolet text line. How many points is it going to take for the Sooners to go to Lawrence and win this football game this weekend? Let us know. What are your thoughts midweek on Oklahoma, Kansas? Coming right back here on The Ref. If you missed it earlier, ladies and gentlemen, breaking news from The Ref Newsroom. Exclusive uh, Muleshoe audio. We believe this is Muleshoe talking to a female training assistant before leaving the facility the other day, he's been out now for two days, and we're, we're not sure he's coming back. This was Mule Shoe audio that we got exclusively a couple hours ago. I, uh, I don't like my job, and uh, I don't think I'm going to go anymore. You're just not going to go? Yeah. Won't you get fired? I don't know, but I really don't like it, and uh, I'm not going to go. <laughs> so you're going to quit? No, not really. Uh... I'm just going to stop going. There you go. All right. There you go. Exclusive audio right there. Hopefully everything's right in that situation. It's very strange. But uh, who knows? Who knows what kind of of news we're going to get out of SoCal today, right? Every day about 3 o'clock or 4 o'clock, it's something strange. And something strange will be coming down today, too, would be my guess. All right, you want to go to the uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet? Here's my question: Why doesn't the paparazzi follow Muleshoe around and keep tabs on his comings and goings? Because, like, you live in LA and you're a celebrity. There, literally, like, wherever you go, you can go out to grab a smoothie. And there are people standing there on the sidewalk taking photos of mm-hmm. you. Why Mule can't we a little keep bit track like of Muleshoe? I think Muleshoe's a little bit like me in that he just stays at home and goes to work and goes straight home. He doesn't interact with humans besides his own family. That's me. I interact with Shay and my dogs and a couple friends. And that's it. People are complicated. Difficult to deal with. Great dick, Shap. <laughs> All right, uh, 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Sooner Smitty says Kansas is averaging 33 points per game. 
Mm-hmm. OU needs to score more than that. I'm confident OU can hold them to their average. Like I, I think with Kansas, um, you know, it's the same kind of offense, pretty good. I think it's a little bit better than UCF. I think UCF's numbers may have been a little bit better than KU's last week. I'm not sure about this week. And a lot of that depends on who you're playing, you know, and your non-con and all of that. But it's going to be one of those, you know, offenses that you're, you're just not going to shut down. Now, the Sooners, what they did, you know, in the first four possessions against Central Florida, that was awesome. And I think if the offense had given them a little more help um, and, the, and the kicker, then maybe they could have sustained that a little bit longer. But I don't know. I think, KU, what's a really good defensive effort against Kansas this week? Would you go 24 or lower? Is that a good? I'd say so. I would yeah. say that's a good defensive effort, particularly on the road. The weather's going to be a, a factor. But I think 31, I said I think 31 probably wins this game for OU. Less out in Hayes, Kansas says 28 should be enough. I don't think Kansas will get more than 17, actually. Less, I hope you're right. That would be a great defensive effort. Really would. From the 405, the spread against Kansas last year was 9.5 after the 49 nothing whooping. We won by 10 with 90% of the public money on Kansas. So far, 71% of the public money is on Kansas plus 10. Something to keep an eye on. I've got the Sooners 42 to 28. Yeah, the over and under, the last one I saw was 66 and a half. So you're, you're pretty close there. Another 405 listener says, did Steely just admit he and Mule Shoe are alike? How did that, how did that not make him puke the second <laughs> it came out of his mouth? Well, I am kind of a uh, reclusive individual, and I think he is too. Other yes, but that, you're not a rotten liar. I, as far as you know. As far as I know. Yeah, yes. as far as you know. As far as all of us know. Lane in California says, with that music, I thought Peter Jennings was exhumed and was on the show. <laughs> Peter Jennings. Man. Who is your favorite news anchor of all time? See, you don't have one, do you? I don't watch the news, Steely. I know. You're one of those, you know youngsters who just thinks in 20-second sound clips, right? You're a little more sophisticated than that. You're not quite L.A. sophisticated, but you're pretty sophisticated. I mean, you got to go with Walter Cronkite. He did all your football. These days, here's the thing. You can't can't tell anybody your favorite news anchor these days because then they automatically assume your political party. Well, that's true. That's right. That's right. And I don't... I'm okay whether people... Does anybody watch the evening news anymore? I remember at our dinner table, the evening news was on pretty much every time. And we were normally CBS people. But that was a that was like 70s, way back. Way back, Ron Burgundy. <laughs> oh, man. Pretty good. Big Rich in OKC says, breaking news, it's not COVID. It's forked tongue surgery for Muleshoe. There you go. COVID would seem to be the culprit if, but wouldn't they just COVID come out? COVID isn't even a thing anymore. But wouldn't they just come out and say if he's got COVID, hey, he's got COVID. Are people still getting COVID in 2023? Don't start. The politics are coming anytime you mention COVID, too. I, exactly. So See, we can't even. Can't even have this conversation without the text line getting all political. Uh, listener in the 918 says, Muleshoe is sick because of his last performance. I mean, to mm-hmm. be fair, I might be sick, too, if I watched a pig farmer scamper through my defense for 26 <laughs> yards to set up a chip shot game-winning field goal. The dude was also working at Lowe's, 
before he got his scholarship while he was playing football. Uh, again, we can make jokes about Alex Grinch's defense getting cooked by a Lowe's cashier, and they're not even jokes. That actually happened. What was the worst situation that happened to an OU defense like that? Would have been who was uh, Case McCoy maybe beating them in the uh, Cotton Bowl? I, for my money, Steely, it is, and I can't even remember who the quarterback was at the time. I can't even remember anybody named Puka Will besides Puka Williams, uh, who played offense or defense for Kansas that day. But the Jayhawks came to Norman in 2018 and hung 40 on the scoreboard. Oh, you still won because mm-hmm. Kyler Murray. But that was as bad as Kansas has ever been at that point. And they still put 40 on the scoreboard against, well, I guess by that point it was a rough and McNeil defense. Yeah, I'm trying to think again of a an equivalent of a Bryson Barnes type of guy beating yeah, Oklahoma, an Oklahoma never defense. Gotten, they've never gotten cooked by a pig farmer. So Somebody's saying quite... Boise State. But I'm thinking of a player. How about Cliff Stout? No, was it what was his was it Cole, Cole Stout. Stout? Cliff Stout was his dad, right? Who played for the Steelers back in the day in a backup role. But Cole Stout, would that be it? Was he a third team guy? He was at the very least a second team guy. Hmm. Somebody help us out on the text line. You know they will. Tavon Austin. Yeah, but here's the deal about Tavon Austin was really good though. And exactly. I'm not, I'm not saying that Bryce and Barnes wasn't good. I mean, the kid's obviously pretty good and he's got a lot of guts. The uh, third-string quarterback from Iowa State. Yeah, Joel Lanning. There you go. There's the answer right there. Cody Hawkins is another good one, too. Mongo says, the Boise State QB looked like he should have been on the team in the longest yard. That would have been Jared Jared Zabransky. That's right. And you thought it was over when Marcus Walker had the pick six, right? Pretty much. Didn't we all? It was, Mm -hmm. what, like a fourth and 19? The Iowa State quarterback, again, was Joel Lanning. Joel Lanning. To me, that's the best answer so far. That was pretty much the only meaningful thing he ever did as a college football player was single-handedly beat Oklahoma that day. The hobbled white quarterback from Iowa State in the 90s that kept running the quarterback draw. So that was against – was that a Gary Gibbs – Sooner defense. I think the last time Iowa State won that game before 2017 would have been 1991. So, yes, that's Gary Gibbs. Okay, we'd have to go back. 1991, Iowa State versus Oklahoma. Blue of Green Country says West Virginia's quarterback last year. Yes, Garrett Green. Not a good That's a pretty player. good answer, too. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. 405-651-3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet Tax line. Big Rich in OKC says maybe we should be combing the pig farms for players. Another listener says Kyle Kemp. Kyle Kemp was the Iowa State quarterback. Yeah, so he was a he was an Iowa State quarterback. Corn dog. Taylor Cornelius. Somebody said Sage Rosenfels. Was it Kyle Kemp or was it Joel Lanning? Oh, okay. So which quarterback are you talking? Because they both played that. Okay, so that that wasn't the '91 quarterback. Josh Fields said somebody, Josh Fields 
though, was a really good athlete. Man, he played Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, the Barnes kid clearly is pretty good for a third-team quarterback. So, any quarterback preventables. Pat McAfee, West Virginia. <laughs> uh, Chris Peterson was the Iowa State quarterback from the 90s, okay. says a listener in a 4 Thank you, 405. By All the way, right. uh, Joe in Tulsa says, I agree with the Urban Meyer comparison. If they are bringing Cliff up, I bet Muleshoe takes the rest of the year off and doesn't coach anywhere next year. It's stress and mental-related. Remorse for how he left OU as well. Well, it, that is a pretty big step to take for Cliff Kingsbury to uh, – you know, to basically they're trying to get compliance and that taken care of. Man, I, seriously, 100%. I hope the dudes are all right. I hope it's not that serious. I mean, it's football-related. You guys know I've been way, and I understand, very petty about this whole deal, kind of childish about the whole deal. But, hey, I'm on the radio. And I just didn't like the way the guy left. But I seriously hope there's not something serious going on at all. That would be horrible. All right, 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Take a timeout right here. The text keep rolling in. We're going to get locked in here in half an hour right here on the home of Sooner fans. Oh, a little fog hat. How about that? Part of my childhood soundtrack. Be right back. All right, we are back. Got a uh, Twitter question rolling in from Romulus. Steely, how many wins for Oklahoma City this year, and what chance does Chet have of winning Rookie of the Year? Rookie of the Year, if he stays healthy, is going to Victor Wembanyama. I mean, I just the, the kid is uh, next level, generational talent. Uh, you've seen what he can do. I mean, he's a, he's a phenom, um, and I love Chet's. You know, Scoot Henderson in Portland would be maybe in the mix. Let's say Wembanyama misses some games or whatever. Scoot Anderson with the Blazers. Chet, of course, uh, will have a shot. I love Chet, too. I think he's going to bring a lot to the Thunder. I went 44-38 and 38 for OKC, which would have them, you know, you'd like to get in the top six, but it would probably put them in the 7-8 seven, seven, range. 44-38. and 38. Here's what SGA said the other day about what Chet Holmgren brings to the Oklahoma City Thunder, and they open in Chicago tonight, 7 o'clock at the United Center, SGA on Chet Holmgren. Yeah, I'm super excited. Um, brings a lot of things to the game. Length, versatility, um, he's a competitor. Um, he wants to win at the end of the day. Um, and then on top of that, he's a great guy um, and easy to get along with, um, easy to play with. So I think he can only, he can only add to this group with his skill set, with his, his attitude. Did I just hear SGA confirm that Chet prefers winning to losing? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Absolutely, which is a very good thing. You don't want any losers that like losing. By the way, for the uh, the Thunder tonight, uh, Jay will. Uh, Arkansas Jalen Williams will miss the game with a hamstring injury. Kenrich Williams out with a bad back. But the Thunder opens up the season tonight in Chicago. All right, 405-651-3439. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Everybody's now reminiscing on the Iowa State game. I guess it was in 1990, not 1991. Many are claiming it was Sage Rosenfels. It was not. It was Chris Peterson. Reno Goat says Chris Peterson and Iowa State in 1990 ran for 148 yards, 57 on the final 70-yard drive. 
that was people were not really happy at that point um, with Gary Gibbs. That was one of the big games that people always went back to, I think. A listener in the 918 says, the Lowe's cashier bit is the greatest thing I've heard since the Uber Eats driver that hit a big shot and bailed out LeBron James in a game a couple (laughs) years ago. 316 listener. That's Kansas, by the way. If Kyle Whittingham put a season-ending hit on Lincoln Riley, does he have to sit the first quarter of their next game? (laughs) I like it. I like it. 405-651-3439. The Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Loco Ohio says it's full circle because Cliff was supposed to be the USC head coach before he bolted for Arizona. Is that true? I think he was supposed to be the USC offensive coordinator. He was the offensive coordinator, but maybe the thought was – he was going to eventually be the guy to replace Clay Helton. But then the Arizona job came up and the Kyler Murray situation came up. And that, that I think, uh, who knows? Uh, you know, it's very interesting what's happening out there. Very interesting. Mark in Newcastle says, I mean this in the nicest way, but Mule Shoe is a classic narcissist. I know they will never write the book, but I would love to hear the true feelings of Bob Stoops and Joe C. Yeah, interesting. What did Blue say? He's admonishing me not to do what? Do not cave in to mule shoe. Sounds like your mule shoe pettiness is cracking. Hold that line, soldier. (laughs) Well, the only thing I'm saying, if it's really a serious deal, you don't want that. And you don't want that either, Blue. Other than that, I mean, if he's got the sniffles or COVID, we'll be right back. And still (laughs) rooting for every USC loss. So in that respect, don't worry about it. But I, they got to play the first half this Saturday without Barry Alexander too. Oh, that's for what right. that's worth, he's got like two tackles for loss this year. Did you feel sorry when you saw Bear Alexander in tears? No, no. The dude's got, got like, a penthouse apartment in L.A. Right, and the hit he got ejected for was very obviously a hit he should have gotten ejected and for. Stupid. Very stupid. I, there were there were USC fans on the Twitter app, the Bird app, if you will, calling that penalty ticky tack. If you watch the replay, Bryson Barnes is standing straight up, and Bear Alexander is coming straight toward him. He hits him straight up. They go face mask to face mask. It is a textbook helmet to helmet hit on a defenseless quarterback. There is no question whatsoever that that was going to be flagged. And there is no question whatsoever that it should have been flagged. What was your favorite play of the game? Was it the, uh, well, the field goal was great, but the classic moment, of course, was Bryson Barnes screaming yes, the for 26 the yards. Farmer. Yes. Can we have music to that, too? I'm not going to write it, but. What is it? Flight of the Valkyrie? Is that the music? Flight of the Bumblebee. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. The flight of the pig farmer. What a that's my favorite scramble of all time. Can you think of a scramble better than that by a player that's not an OU player? Bryson Barnes against USC. It's either Bryson Barnes or Steve Young, man. Did Michael Pratt have a big scramble last year in the? Uh, no, it was God just no. Ty J. Spears went right through the heart of that USC defense for a 75-yard touchdown run. 
wonder if Caleb Williams will be sick like this week or something. They're just. It seems like there's something. Maybe he'll out claim of retroactive day. illness to account for his poor performance <laughs> the last two games. I don't know. All right, four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. What is your has your confidence level gone up for OU beating Kansas, or is it about the same? I feel like it's about the same. I don't know. I don't know if anything could change midweek to like drastically shift my opinion, save for a seismic injury. I don't know if anything can or would change to drastically impact my feelings on this game. So the Sooners again. What, what did they bring their C game last week? What do you think? Yeah, well, if, if that, if that, it was rough. Yeah, it was rough. Um, if Oklahoma goes out there and plays, you know, they're not going to make every play. But even if they bring their B game, that should be good enough to go to Lawrence and win. But again, you're going to have to be able to run the ball some. And everybody was thinking last week was going to be the game because of UCF's run defense being horrible, and the run game picked up obviously in the fourth quarter, but. Would really the one thing that people would love to see is Oklahoma run the football with some real success, the offensive line to clear out more holes, the backs to make more people miss, Zach Schmidt to make some field goals, and the special teams to be better. So there you go. All right, four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. John, the Duke of Margaritaville says, out of left field, Steely claims the all-time SWATS record at Norman High. I'm good friends with Wendell Rames, the true holder of said record, who says Steely manufactured the record-breaking SWATS for the sole purpose of breaking the record, like Favre taking a dive to give Michael Strahan the sack record. I had a strategy in place. I needed three more SWATS on the last day of school, and I executed said strategy to perfection and got the record. Okay, so what... Uh, clarify this for me because I feel like I know but I also kind of feel like I don't when we when we're talking about SWATs what are what exactly are we talking about it was a paddle to the buttocks oh okay so I think the record was was 16 and on the last day was it I think it was the last day of the next last day of school uh Butch Peters who I love Butch Peters he was the uh, Norman High School Football coach for a while, volleyball coach for a while, ran uh, the Reeves Softball League forever. Great dude, Sooner Trophies. But we were smart asses back then, and we deserved every swat we got. So I needed three more to break the record on the last day of school. And Butch, I love you, but he had a kind of a large chin, so he didn't like – Apparently, somebody told me he didn't like the nickname Dudley for Dudley Do-Right, who had a large protruding chin. So on shaving cream, on the window, outside of homeroom, I put Dudley in shaving cream. (laughs) They raised the blinds up, and it said Dudley. And he just pointed at me, like, come on up here. Three swats. Now, these weren't little wimpy swats. These were Nolan, you know, swinging for the fences swats. There was smoke coming off my derriere when these three were over. But I did get the record. And, you know, we weren't any little whiny mule shoes back then. When we got a SWAT, it was a real SWAT, and my generation got tougher because of those. Nowadays, it'd be a lawsuit, right? You spanked my kid. Oh, my God. Are you serious? Back in my day. Back in my day. I knew we were going to get one. We used to get SWATs, and we loved them. 
They were great, and they made us men. Pastor Andy from BA says the fact that Parker doesn't know what a SWAT is is exactly what is wrong with our culture. Listen, Pastor Andy from BA, here's the thing. The reason I needed clarification is because obviously I'm familiar with that type of SWAT, but knowing Steely and knowing some of the things that he used to do in his younger days, I was curious whether that was referring to SWATs in the sense of prank calls. Oh, yes, that's right. Different generations. See, you guys are turning this tawdry. No, I'm just saying, back in my day, if you messed up, you were going to have to pay for it with your buttocks. Well, that doesn't sound right either. (laughs) Back in my day, we got SWATs, and they were effective. I'll just leave it at that. Let's go to a break before I get in more trouble, and the FCC pulls the license. We'll be right back. It is going to be a huge weekend. They always are at Riverwind Casino. Every day is a great day at Riverwind. But this weekend, Friday night, we have the 80K Friday Night Frights promotional drawing, the final one. Get on out there and win your share $80,000 in cash and bonus play. We also have two big shows from Rodney Carrington happening at the Showplace Theater Friday night, 1 at 7 and 1 at 10. Get your tickets online at Riverwind.com or at the casino box office. Also, shows coming up at the Showplace in November for Aaron Lewis, Flatland Cavalry, and Justin Moore. In December, Pete Davidson, December 3rd. Lee Bryce, December 15th. Ron White on the 30th. Midland on New Year's Eve. Then in January, Boys to Men, comedian Joe Coy, Scotty McCreary in February. Many more to come. And don't forget, Saturday night, we've got uh, big Halloween festivities happening as well. 20K Festival of Frights drawing is happening. They're giving away 20 thousand dollars twenty thousand dollars in cash and bonus play and the ghostly good time promotion is happening as well wear a costume win five hundred dollars in their costume contest all happening this weekend friday and saturday at riverwind casino the best place to have a good time all right Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439 sugar shane in newcastle wants to know does parker know about picking switches oh yeah i know not from experience, obviously, because by the time I was of schooling age, that was a thing of the past. But at home, shoot, I didn't get to pick a switch. There was one switch, and it hurt. Was it a belt? No, it was not a belt. Just one switch? Yeah. Hmm. Nintendo Switch? You get beaten with a Nintendo <laughs> Switch? Oh, or I what? wish. <laughs> uh, you know what? Back then... This is going to hurt me a lot more than it's going to hurt you. You know, you never. Yeah, yeah like, <laughs> Chris, you hear that and you're like, what? Yeah. Okay. Explain okay. how. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know what? I deserved every single one I got, and I'm glad I did. Because it made me into the half man I am today. The mailman in OKC says, how do you think Steely got the name Steelman? It wasn't from Safe Spaces. (laughs) I like it. Shark says, Steelman, I'm glad to hear you had your hide blistered as well. Then you had to go home and answer your dad. Yeah, my dad was about as patient as a uh, dad you could have. And um, I I don't think my dad maybe had, like, the belt a couple times, but – yeah, he he never, you know, no parent ever said, oh, my gosh, they actually paddled you? Oh, my God. Lawsuit. We're raising pansies now. 
See, I, listen, Steely, you're not going to get any argument from me. Mm-hmm. I'm in lockstep with you on all this stuff. I just let you be the one to say it because you sound like the old man yelling at the cloud. And I just kind of yes. get to... I just kind of get, get to sit in silent support. But kids really don't learn that way. Oh, yeah, they do. Yes, they do. How do you think I became so brilliant? Chapstick says, when they beat you, you ask for more and tell them you can't be broke. <laughs> well, I didn't go that far. Bowen but. Murray County says, Norman Highgrad here. During football practice, Coach Peters yelled my name and I replied, what? As opposed to, yes, sir. My buddies looked at me like I lost my mind and I proceeded to run for... A while. Coach Peters didn't mess around. Butch Peters, a great dude. So I might even know, you know, I set the record. I don't have anything but good things to say about the man. I deserved all of them, probably more. So, and a great guy. What do you have your little smirk on about? You're just, are I'm you, just, you weren't God, there I, for that moment in history. Because well, I'm just visualizing little Steely running around raising hell. What do you mean little Steely? You think I was some kind of little pipsqueak back then? I was, you know, athletic and, you know, and pretty manly back then. I would have been a 16-year-old kid at the time. But, um I mean, this was the Wendell Rames world record countdown that was on, and it was down to the last day, so it had to be done. Had to be done. Lost City Sooner says, my dad had the razor-thin belt. I got it three or four times, and that was plenty for me. He just had to rip it off, and I was done with my stupidity. Yeah, you didn't want, like, Liberty Valance's bullwhip back in the day. That wouldn't, And that's a way old reference that maybe 1% of the audience got, but you know what I'm talking about if you got it. From the 214. Thank you, sir. May I have another? Uh, we've gone completely off the rails today. We have. We need a football game. We are game. so far. We need a we football game. so far game. removed from all things football. <laughs> Sooner Gundy just tweeted the picture or texted in the picture of the old man yelling at the cloud. All right, 405-651-3439. I mean, we're raising pansies now. There's no doubt. With 20-second attention spans, literally we are living in an idiocracy for the most part. Where Do you think we're going to get smarter? You, you know buy, what? I, I forget who put this take out there, but do you buy into the, well, Mule Shoe is the first millennial head football coach of a blue blood program. Maybe. You're seeing what type of football programs millennials build. Yeah, I, I don't know which way to feel like – I. I don't know if I can feel one way or another about it, but somebody threw that out there. The way it's all going to end is the uh, the army of pansies that we're raising will be defeated by the AA army, the AI army, not Allen Iverson, the you know the robots, and it'll be a total no contest. It'll be like sixty-five to thirteen OU Texas. AI will win because we're raising wimps. I like how you used 65 to 13 instead of 49 to 0. <laughs> On brand. There you go. All right, we got to get out of here. I want to thank all of our great sponsors. Thank you, Oklahoma Generator. Thank you, guys and ladies out there again in the Ref Army. Always appreciate it. That text line is always just unbelievable. We appreciate you guys so much. 405 651 3439. Thank you to Knippelmeyer Chevrolet. We'll have a ton of text for Parker and for Tyler McComas as we get locked in here in a few minutes. And once again, thanks to our friends at Riverwind Casino. Big time promotions, 80K Festival of Fright drawing. 
Friday night, get out and win $80,000 in cash and bonus play. They're giving away $20,000. They're giving away Saturday night at the Festival of Frights. Drawing. Don't forget to wear a costume Saturday night. Win $500 in the Ghostly Good Time Costume Contest. Have a great Wednesday.